on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is also at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 150. 150. 50 more than the, than the hundo. As I've been told this is a special one, but there's nothing special in particular prepared here. Baseball's getting down to the wire. We're finally in those dog days of summer. Who can we trust? Who can we not trust? Player of the Week was back, by the way. And some other stuff in halftime, you know. Miscellaneous. It was a big news day today. Yeah, a lot of training camp stuff. Uh, I guess, I, I know it's in, in halftime technically, but before yeah. we start, let's go ahead and uh, talk about Bronny real yeah. quick with his uh, cardiac arrest that he suffered yesterday during a like practice training type day for usc's basketball team Bronny, obviously son of lebron james uh freshman at usc so just prayers to him i know he's in stable condition right now but that is obviously something scary to see for a guy who's uh, an 18 year old and a very talented athlete as well too so hopefully he's making a full recovery and uh we get to see him again on the basketball court here soon yeah, obviously one of the most well-touted, probably college athletes we've seen in a while, just uh, mm-hmm. based on on the news, the cameras. Uh, so just like you said, we just hope he gets gets back there quick and can start balling again because that's, that's scary yeah. and it's something that happens with basketball players when they get pushed. It's dangerous. Yeah. With that being said, though, Let's go ahead and hop into the opener and get into some some perhaps some better things that happened over this past yes. week. Uh, and last time that we did this episode, it was episode 149. Of course, we we're in the middle of a 10-game homestand uh, for the A's and of started work. off that homestand with the bang with uh, Soderstrom and Galoff getting called up. First homestand for Galoff went quite a bit better than it did for Soderstrom. We still expect Soderstrom to turn it around, but uh, Galoff looks to be... A very exciting player for the A's team, and he hit his first career homer on Friday night. It helped the A's get their win against Astros, their only win in that series in the four-game set. Uh, but solo shot for Galoff. He went two for three that night with the RBI, of course, and a walk as well, too. Seems to be a lot of fun to watch, and that first homer was something cool to see because it's not just one of those you know, right down the left field line, you know, just a couple feet over the wall type thing. Mm-hmm. He went the other way. I know it landed on the little porch uh, out of town scoreboard that the A's have, but nonetheless, a very cool moment for Zach Galoff. And it's good to see that happen in a win as well, too. Best thing I've seen are some of these clips coming out of Jets training camp. We already got hard knocks. We got the new quarterback, Rodgers. That's already a whole bunch of news. But the Jets social media team and all the – Jets Twitter guys who are at the practices showing us all these clips, amazing connections, Rogers to Wilson. And that's looking like something that is going to be special, not just something we talk about during camp. And also, you know, guys like Jason Brown Lee, you probably don't have any idea who that is, but a receiver who's been really good at camp and ended up trading Denzel Mims and he's going to get the roster spot. Just cool stories like that is what I love right now. And my team is looking a lot better. So definitely the best thing I saw. There you go. Uh, but the Raiders, I guess, uh, we signed Marcus Peters. That's yeah. uh, something worth noting, I guess. You know, I read it as Mariota when I was driving. I was so confused. It's like, I thought he was somewhere else. 
Yeah, so uh, welcome to the squad. Marcus Peters seems like it was always going to happen at some point in his career, and now it is finally happened with him. Repping the silver and black as he did when he was a child growing up in the, in Oakland. But let's go ahead and get to where's your head at, though. Starting it off with our player pitcher, Ricky of the Week, something that we haven't done in a few weeks with some of these you know, weirder weeks with the All-Star break or some of the bigger days that we've had in, in the past with some other stuff we wanted to talk about. So we're getting back to that. Let's start it let's start it, ease into it a little bit yeah uh who is your rookie of the week Skyler? oh it's got to be andrew abbott of the reds the starting pitcher goes eight shutout against the giants a couple of days ago with six k's we've had a lot of great young arms come up and he's just as good as the rest of them yeah i'm with co-winners it was abbott for his one hit effort in those eight innings against the giants and i also went with tanner bb uh, the seven innings Bullet two time. hits eight k's no runs allowed. Great performance by the Cleveland rookie, of course. And, uh, yeah, a couple arms that look to be potentially top rotation arms for, for those teams in Ohio. Both of them, actually. Uh, yeah. Moving on to pitcher of the week, those guys, who do you go with here? A couple very similar lines, but I'm going to go with Corbin Burns completely shutting down Philly. Eight shutout innings with 10 Ks. And, uh, you know, anytime you get 10 Ks in an outing, it's special, I think. And uh, I feel like we kind of forget about that with Corbin. So I'm shouting him out because he's still awesome. Yeah, I decided to go with not a starting pitcher. I went with Felix Bautista, who had an absolute great weekend against the Tampa Bay Rays. Four games over this past week, three saves, five innings pitched, only three hits allowed, no runs, and nine strikeouts for perhaps the best, or we rated him best, the both best closer in yeah. the big leagues uh, last week or two weeks ago, actually. Do you think he has any chance to win the Cy Young, Skyler, or is that something that we shouldn't even be talking about? Absolutely, we should. Uh, in a second here, we're going to get into our top 10 players in the league, and I definitely debated it, even though he missed the list. Uh, he should mm-hmm. definitely get votes. If it comes down to it and it's close, why not? But uh, there's a, a lot of dudes still ahead of him who throw a lot of innings. Mm-hmm. Maybe if those guys get hurt, Felix will slip right in their spot. Uh, I'm going to say yeah. probably not, though. I definitely think he's got to get up to at least like the 80 innings mark. And, uh, you know, saves are kind of based off of opportunity, but you can definitely mm-hmm. throw in a guy in a game that you're tied in or up, you know, four runs, whatever it is, where it's not a safe situation and he can get outs for you. And Felix Batista has been great at doing that for the Orioles all year, all year long. And he's starting to get more into these, you know, not just the ability to get one inning, but to go two innings and really you know, take over for a team in the late part of the game. Yeah. Player of the week, Skyler, who'd you go with here? Austin Riley of the Braves. In 20 at-bats, he had four homers, nine RBIs, a 350 average. He was all over it this week, mashing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you said it, seven for 20, four homers, nine RBIs. And I think the cutoff day, the day that we could include last Monday, I think he had two homers and seven RBIs. I was going to say the stats looked mistaken. a little, little softer than I was expecting, but you know he's still my guy. Yeah, because I, uh, I have him on my fantasy team, and I was looking at you know the matchup stats and whatnot, yeah. and I saw over the week that he had seventeen RBIs, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that definitely helped me my this week in my matchup. So uh, shout out to Austin Riley. Finally starting to heat up after. I would say a cold first half, but not an Austin Riley expectations level first half. So yeah. 
it's good signs for him. Obviously, the Braves are the Braves, so they got enough bats, but having him would make that lineup damn near unstoppable. All right, Skyler, you ready for the uh, – we just had the, the appetizer there. We're, we're getting on oh, to yeah. the main course of the meal here, and that's our top ten players – in the MLB, we've done every single position. So you see, if you want to see our positional rankings for whatever position, go back and, and these past, you know, 10 to 15 episodes and you can go ahead and find those. But we're getting to our top 10 total players right now. Honorable mentions, Skeller, anybody? Yeah, of course, there's so many guys. So I, I just wanted to mention some of the guys who would be next at the position. Mookie Betts, Clayton Kershaw, Felix Bautista, Goldie and Arenado, Real Muto, and Sean Murphy. Uh, I have quite a few honorable mentions. I'll go one by one. First one is Atley. He's not good enough yet, but he will be on this list at some point, we can assume. Next one, Felix Bautista, best closer in baseball with how good he's been recently. Makes you want to put him on this top 10 list, but you can't go recently. Recency bias. Garrett Cole is another guy who I have. I think you'll notice with my list, I don't have too many pitchers. I just think it's kind of tough for a pitcher to be on a top 10 players list with only playing once every five days. It's nothing that they can do about it. I'm not saying pitchers need to pitch more. I just think it's easier to be more valuable if you are playing every single day. So Garrett Cole and Kevin Gosman are a couple pitchers I have on that list. Uh, Louis Bob is a guy who's really started to come into his own sure. this year. I uh, would love to see him steal some more bases, but obviously with his health, it's a little tough. Same thing with Byron Buxton having a rough year, but we know as far as talent goes, he's probably top 10 in the league. Obviously not playing the field, not hitting for average this year, but what he's got things going on. If he was healthy, he would be on this list. Uh, the Astros, Tucker, Alvarez, Framber Valdez, all those dudes. I did not have making my list, but just fall off of it. Corey Seager, Marcus Semien, a couple of Rangers who are getting highly paid this year and for the next, you know, 10 to 12 years at this point. But uh, both these dudes are studs. Sean Murphy, Luisa Reyes, because he's hitting 400 pretty much. Yeah. Uh, Frankie Lindor having a rough year, but, you know, he's usually right around that 10 to 12 spot, I'd say. Bryce Harper uh, as well, too, is my second to last honorable mention. And then the guy who I have at number 11 was Jay Ram. Just missed my list. He also just missed for me. So let's get into number 10. Skyler, who do you got here? I'm going to go with Spencer Strider here uh, at the 10 spot. I have three pitchers on my list, probably more than you, but uh, I wanted to make sure Strider got in here. He was third when we did our starting pitcher list for me a couple days ago. He strikes out so many guys. He's going to be a beast. I think he's already a top 10 player. Yeah, number 10 for me is a guy that I've been talking about all year. It's going to be Corbin Carroll, currently fifth in the uh, – tied for fifth, actually, in the entire MLB for war at 4.0. This dude's amazing. He's super, super young as well, too. A uh, ton of power, more than what we expected to see with his body size. He's fast as anybody in the big leagues, and he's learning the strike zone as he goes along as well, too. I know that's something that I've talked about a ton over these top ten lists. Uh, he's learning, and he's getting better and better each day. Already has over 20 homers. He's going to be a problem. A, a guy who has legitimate 40-40 potential probably in two to three years, I'd say. I mean, this, this year he technically could do it, but it's just a little bit behind pace. So, Owen Pichak, if he does it, Corbin Carroll, probably not his last year being on this top 10 list. On to number nine. Number nine, I'm going to go with Wander Franco, the shortstop of the race. 
the captain of one of the best teams in the league. Still got the 290 average, can hit for power, contact. Been better in the field. You know, shortstop is tough, but he's he's been better. Uh, I, I think he deserves a spot, so I kind of threw him in here at the nine spot. Yeah. Number nine is going to be Freddie Freeman for me. The third war, third highest war in the big leagues at 4.9. 20 homers, 12 stolen bases for Freddie Freeman is absolutely crazy. Uh, and he's one of those dudes who just hits nonstop. He's in 329 this year, OBP over 400, slugging just below 600 with the WRC plus of 166. You don't even have to be a good fielder when you're putting up those offensive numbers. And Freddie's a solid fielder as well, too. So he comes at a number nine, just cracks my list. And uh, let's get on to number eight. I'm going to have back-to-back Rays here going with my second starting pitcher, Shane McClanahan, the top lefty on my board this season. Uh, this guy just doesn't lose games. And until he proves me wrong, he's going to be on my top 10 players list. Number eight is going to be a one of the two pitchers that I had on my list, and that's the guy who strikes out the most batters out of anybody in the big leagues, and that is Spencer Strider, 14.58 Ks per nine this year, walks per nine under three, which is insane for you know striking out that many guys. XFIP, 2.68. Expected ERA, 3.03. So he's getting unlucky comparisons to his 3.78 ERA and 2.88 FIP. So... Expect his normal numbers to go down. So he's having a better season than what we even are seeing right now. 3.3 war is outrageous as well, too. Like I said, striking out everybody. He's a dog. So Spencer Strider comes in at number eight for me. On to number seven. Skyler, who do you go with? Number seven, I'm going with Fernando Tatis Jr. Having such an amazing year. And it's kind of going unnoticed, surprisingly, uh, because that used to not happen. But he was suspended for a while. Uh, if he wasn't, he'd be up there in homers with everyone else. But he's not. So he's taking his time and he's learning how to play the outfield. And he's been amazing. Yeah. Fernando Tatis is actually my number seven as well, too. Uh, 81 games played this year. He's got 17 homers and 15 stolen bases. So if you, you know, double that because he's right at 81 games, puts him at a 30-30 season. And he's also the best defensive outfielder in the big leagues right now. If you look at his uh, baseball savant page, just absolutely insane. He's super, super fast. Uh, he, I would love for him to learn how to work the count a little bit more. I think that's kind of the one flaw that he has is he's kind of out there swinging as much as he can, possibly can, but that's also kind of how he plays his game. I think, you know, as we see with a lot of these, these good hitters, when they come up, they're going to be a bit more aggressive. And then over time, they're going to, you know, get into that area where they understand pitchers are not going to be trying to pitch to him all the time because you are Fernando Tatis Jr. So expect his, his, you know, walk numbers and stuff like that to go up because the 340 OBP is kind of one of those things that brings him down a little bit. But besides that, one of the most talented players in the big leagues, we know he has a ton of pop, one of the fastest players, like I said, and one of the best right fielders in the game. So, uh, Fernando Tatis coming in at number seven on my list. On to number six. Number six, I have a guy who does love to work to count. It's going to be Juan Soto with the Padres. Uh, over the past calendar year, he's been struggling a bit. So I feel like six is a good spot because he's still one of the best hitters we've ever seen in our lifetimes. He still gets on base at a ridiculous rate, like rookie Barry Bonds on the Pirates winning MVPs numbers of on-base percentage, so he's still up here. 
Yeah. I went with co-players at number six. I was very, very tough to choose. So technically I have 11 players in my top 10. It's okay. Mike Trout and Juan Soto. Uh, Mike Trout, still amazing, but starting to slowly regress. The 28.8K percent this year is something that's just so abnormal for a guy. Or not abnormal for him because he does strike out a lot, but it just doesn't seem... Like he should be getting beat that much in these at bats. I know he's hurt right now, so he's only played 81 games. Tatis has only played 81 games as well, too. But still, one of the best players in big leagues after you know having the reign of being the best player in the league for I don't know five six years. Uh, and then Juan Soto, like you said, walks more than anybody. Is exactly the type of hitter that I'd love to have on my team. A guy who's going to work the count and punish the ball when he gets it in a spot. Uh, uh, hit tools kind of the one thing that's there for Juan Soto. That's the only thing that holds him back from, you know, being a top three, four player in the league is because he's not having outrageous defense. He's not stealing bags. He's not a, you know, strong arm in the outfield or anything like that. He's not bad, but he's not great at any of those things except for hitting. So, uh, Juan Soto and Trout, number six on a number five. Number five is where I have my top starting pitcher. That's Garrett Cole. If you remember from, was that two weeks ago or last week we did starting pitchers? Last week was starters, I think, yeah. Well, yeah, Garrett Cole, like we talked about, this is my prototypical ace. He's been solid for enough time now that I can put him at the five spot. I think he's the best pitcher in baseball right now. Uh, Due to everyone else's injuries, of course, you know, possibly DeGrom healthy would be number two on my list. There's a chance, but... Garrett Cole's the best we got right now, and he's pretty good. Number five. Yeah, number five. Uh, it's yeah. going to be Mookie Betts for me. Uh, 27 homers this year just seems abnormal for a guy like Mookie. Uh, on pace to have the most homers that he's ever had in a season, which is kind of crazy to think that Mookie's going to probably hit 40 homers if he stays healthy this year. The 4.5 war is currently fourth in the big leagues. Uh 566 slug is is pretty insane for him. The 153 WRC plus. We know how good of a fielder he is. And something that when you look at a lot of these guys in this list uh, is versatility. Uh, something that a lot of those guys don't have probably because they play that one position and they're the best player on their team at that position. So why move those guys around? But Mookie has that unselfish you know, vibe to him where he's going to yeah. be okay playing shortstop, playing second base, playing right field, center field, left field, whatever it is, he'll play it for you. And he's going to get the job done as well as anybody in the entire big leagues. So Mookie Betts comes in at number five on number four. Number four, MVP candidate, Trey Turner. No, it's, <laughs> it's Ronald Acuna. <laughs> Trey Turner's been having an awful time in Philly. But anyways, Ronald Acuna is looking like the MVP in the National League right now, going for the 40-40 season, possibly even more. You never know with that dude, but I, I I don't know what else to say here. You know, there's an argument for him to be pretty much anywhere between two through five. I have him at the four spot because the, you know, some of the other guys I still, I still like. So I guess we'll just uh, wait for that. Yeah. Number four for me is going to be where I slot Jacob deGrom, even though he is hurt right now. The best pitcher that we've seen in the big leagues in a long, long time. And uh, hopefully he comes back and and is healthy. I know I've talked about DeGrom a lot over these past, you know, pitcher rankings, so I'm not going to get too much into it. But uh, one of the most talented pitchers that we've seen 
ever. Yeah. On number three. Sorry. Number th- you're good. I'm just thinking. Number three is going to be Aaron Judge. One of the best power hitters. Once again, we, we bring it up it, that we've ever seen because, uh, you know, another guy who's been hurt for a long time, but he's still up there leading the league in nearly everything offensively. He's just coming off of an MVP, coming off of breaking records. I still think he has it. He's still up here at the three spot. Yeah. Aaron Judge is my number three as well, too. The 19 homers in only 49 games this year is pretty unreal. Uh, once he comes back, we we can assume that he's going to do more. Uh, if we saw a full season of him playing this year, we could probably expect him to have 20 stolen bases since he had 16 last year. And when you do that and you have the ability to hit 60 homers in a season, you're damn good. Uh, and let's not forget that he's not just this fat bum, you know, trying to play the outfield or something like that. He's one of the best outfielders there are is in the game as far as throwing the ball and getting guys out on outfield assists and whatnot. Uh, Aaron Judge is amazing. That's that's really all I got here. He uh, number three for me. Number two, Skyler, who do you go with? So I got Mike Trout here at two instead of Acuna. I think that they are extremely comparable. I'm not saying don't try to do it, but although Mike Trout has looked more human. He's still Mike Trout. Guys with his size, his power should not still be able to play center field. And I know he gets hurt a lot, but he's still doing the impossible. And I, you know, even as an A's fan, I hope he gets better um, because he's he's about to hit the slope, I think. But I'm still going to take him in my one on one matchup whenever I can. And my my number six rating of Trout wasn't to, you know, have a knock on him or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, I just think these other dudes are have been no, crazy. They are. And, they are. And Trout, you know, he's had his time. He's been there for a long time. But I still think he, you know, his numbers, number six in the big leagues isn't bad. But uh, some of these dudes are on the rise as well, too. And I think we're starting to slowly see the kind of tip of – Mike Trout's career go down a little bit. So uh, number two for me is going to be Ronald Acuna Jr., who has absolutely set the league on fire this year, having his second breakout season after his recovery from his AL ACL tear, tear in 2021 mm-hmm. and then the weird 2022. Uh, 23 homers and 46 stolen bases is just absolutely nuts. Uh 87 runs scored. I know that's not like a, a thing that really we should track as far as, you know, being a good player, but that's a ridiculous number to see the 11% strikeout rate is mind boggling for a guy who's struck out quite a bit earlier in his career. And he's still having the ability to scorch the ball in three thirty, OBP over 400 slugging percentage, nearly 600. WRC plus 163 obviously has stolen more bases than anybody in the big leagues this year. Shout out to Rizzo because he would have had that title if he didn't get hurt. Uh, and he's been a solid right fielder as well, too. I know, you know, as far as a fielder goes, he's not the best, but his throwing arm, people aren't running on him. So there's that part to his uh, defensive ability. But as far as offensive players come, like he's the best. He's, he's the top guy right now. So, uh, on a number one, man. 
Uh, tell me yeah. why Javier Baez is your number one. Well, Javier Baez is possibly the greatest player of all time. But really, it's Shohei Otani. Yeah. I think if we're making a list right now of all-time players we've ever seen, he'd definitely be up there for sure. And I, I know we have numbers that can, you know, uh, help numbers relate to their era a little more, but it's hard to do. But I'm comfortable saying he's the best player I've ever seen. Yeah. I'm comfortable saying that as well, too. He's obviously my number one. Uh, I guess I'll get into the stats a little yeah, bit here because why not? Uh, the 36 homers this year is something that's pretty incredible. Uh, 11 stolen bases, and you know they're they're being light on those. If it, if he wanted to steal 20, 30 stolen bases, he would have already. He uh, the 674 slugging is absolutely ridiculous. The 184 WRC plus is ridiculous. Uh, if he, if he could field, can you imagine? <laughs> uh, he pitches as well too. I feel like that's something we should point out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to pull up those pitching stats right now so I can have those on hand. Uh, but we know how good of a pitcher he is as well too. Being probably a top 10 pitcher in the big leagues and then a top three offensive production. I'd say maybe judge and Acuna are the only two guys that I'd say are on that same level. Uh, but I mean, this dude's ridiculous. The, the best player that has ever most talented player who has ever played this game before. Uh, I know people can say Barry Bonds, you know, all that stuff. Shohei hasn't done roids. I am fully a full supporter of getting Barry Bonds in the hall of fame. But Shohei is better than him without taking roids. And Barry Bonds never pitched. It's fucking ridiculous what this guy does, man. Like, it's it's actually ridiculous. It's pretty cartoonish, actually. Yeah, it's like, it's actually MLB The Show. Like, this dude lives in that. And he, he doesn't get paid so much money, dude. Imagine if there was MLB teams in Saudi Arabia. How much money would Shohei get paid next year? Like $3 billion, Something like that? Man, I mean, pretty close to some of these soccer players. They respect to Messi, by the way, for not going going over to Saudi Arabia for the billion, by the way, billions to promote the country because he knows it's whack over there. Shout out uh, Shohei, though. Yeah, yeah, I know. Sorry, I was getting off topic. <laughs> but hey, we got a little soccer in there. There you go, Brett. Now. Yeah, there's your, there's your <laughs> soccer piece, guys. But uh, yeah, Shohei Otani, number one, by quite a wide margin. And yes. How, how much longer do you think Shohei stays at the number one spot? Putting you on the spot here. Um, man. Uh, if it's not the day he retires, it'll be one of these like Corbin Carroll dudes who comes up who has literally all five tools. Man, I can't, I don't even know. Like how good of a hitter do you have to be or pitcher, I guess, whatever, I mean, whatever he, side you want. If Otani wasn't a pitcher, he'd have the same numbers Acuna did. I think. Yeah. They, I feel like the angels probably make him steal less, but he, uh, yeah. I get your point. He's he's got crazy offensive numbers. So uh 
I mean, it's just mind boggling. That's that's why I'm I'm not like my words here aren't flowing correctly because he's just he's stumping me with all well, these that stats to that me he's all got. The time. So uh, let's let's get done with this topic though. Shohei yeah. Tony, we knew he was going to be the king uh, of all this stuff. So uh, let's talk about Baltimore and their situation going on in first the place. AL East right now. It's currently in first place. Yeah, two and a half games up on Tampa Bay. Do you think uh, Baltimore can hold on to this and win the East? Or will we see Tampa have this second-half resurgence, whatever you want to call it? I mean, Toronto's only six-and-a-half back. I know six-and-a-half is a lot to make up, but it's possible with the divisional team. What do you think happens to this Baltimore Orioles team in the regular season? Well, they just took three out of four in Tampa Bay, so it's hard for me not to take them right now. And... uh, you know, of course, they're they're going to need some rotational arms in October. So I guess we check back in after the deadline just to make sure. But Baltimore's on fire. They've won seven out of the last ten. Everything's going their way. I I think it's possible that at least it's those two sticking together till the end. Yeah, I uh, I don't see Baltimore running away with the division, but at this point with how they've played since this past episode when we were talking about them and, and kind of, or not this past episode, but I think the episode before that, as far mm-hmm. as what we think Baltimore will be uh, when it's all said and done. I mean, they, uh, they've just kind of said, yeah, fuck you, Kyle. We're just going to continue to get better and they should be adding guys at the deadline. Uh, we'll see how aggressive they play it, but if they make a move to add a starting pitcher to AKA Marcus Stroman, yeah, <laughs> they're going to win it. Uh, at least in the AL East, I don't know about the World Series because that's you know, quite a bit different. But uh, yeah, I think Baltimore will win the AL East okay. if they add a guy like Marcus Stroman. If they don't, give me Tampa still. Moving okay. on to Miami. Uh, I guess, I mean, not the furthest away from Baltimore, but at least in the other league. Struggling to start off the second half. Only winners of two games in their last 10. Uh, do you think this Miami fall off is legit or should we see them have a bounce back and kind of, you know, push higher up into that wild card spot? Because as of right now, they're currently tied with the Giants and Arizona for that last spot. What's Philly only a game and, or not a game and a half, just a half game out. I think Miami's fall offs probably legit. They haven't been able to score runs this entire second half so far. Batting average on base percentage as a team is okay, but they're kind of average everywhere else. You know, like you were saying, luckily there's five teams that look exactly like them battling it out. So it's definitely possible. But I've definitely changed my opinion at least a little bit on Miami after this. They can't score runs. You're not going to win that many games. Yeah, I've changed my opinion on them quite a bit as well, too, where they just don't have the offensive production from the guys not named Soler or Arias to really keep up with these other teams. Because when you look at, I mean, I know Atlanta is like an extreme example of it, but you look at Atlanta's one through nine, all those dudes are contributing every single game, it feels like. And if not all of them are contributing, one of the players on the team has two homers and five RBIs or something like that. And Miami just isn't getting that from like a Garrett Hampson or John Birdie or somebody like that. So if Miami adds a bat at the deadline, I think maybe they can, you know, hold on to a spot. 
but unless they get something drastic, I yeah, go I think go take Ballinger down. from the Yankees, and and uh, Philly is trending up is what we've yeah. seen over these uh, you know past few weeks uh, of games. Last thing, and where's your head at? The Mets and the Padres, man. We kept on talking about these two teams the past few months about how, when are they going to turn it on? Are they done? We're saying no. Or, and then they go on a five-game win streak, and we're like, oh, yep, they're back, you know, good to go. Uh, and they just, they're at the point again. Six, six games out for the Padres, seven games out for the Mets as far as the NL wild card goes. I think part of the reason why we are so hesitant to put these teams away is because of what the Braves did a couple years ago, where sure. they were bad, lost their best player in Ronald Acuna to a torn ACL, and we're like, yep, they're done. No doubt about it. And then they won the World Series that year. So uh, the Mets and the Padres, man, I guess it's the final time that we'll talk about them, because next week we'll know what they've done at the deadline. Yeah. Do you think that they are sellers for sure at this point? Do you think, you know, maybe they go a light sell? Do you think maybe a fire sell for both these teams? What do you got? I wouldn't be so sure either of these teams will be selling. Uh, I, I would do it 100%. I think it's the smart thing to do here, but they won't because they both see what, what we see. It's the brave situation that happens once in a million and these teams just spent billions of dollars to build this team exactly the way it is right now. I feel like they're going to be a little more stubborn than we expect. Um, hold on. I think both of these teams are going to have to compromise by selling up the expiring contracts for New York, David Robertson, obviously uh, the Padres, possibly Seth Lugo, Matt Carp. Uh, I don't think it's going to be the big stuff. I think they're going to do what they have to because the media is forcing them to, but they don't want to do any of it, in my opinion. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think these obviously next two games are going to be big tellers, but I think something that's encouraging for these two teams as far as making the playoffs is seeing what's happening in Arizona with them being losers of five in a row, Miami being bad over these last you know 10 games to start the second half, the Giants losers of six in a row, if those trends continue in this next week and we see, you know, the Mets win four in a row or the Padres win three in a row, I think that's going to change it all. But as of right now, I see the Padres being bigger sellers than the Mets. I think okay. the, the Padres are in a situation where if they wanted to, they could give off Hater, They could give off a starter or two uh, and really get good stuff back for those guys. Uh, when you're the Mets, I mean – there's some guys in there that you could trade, say like a Verlander, or if you really want to get crazy, like a Pete Alonzo, but more likely on the lines of, say, a Starling Marte and Mark Canna as the guys that are likely to go. So uh, I don't think the Mets play that card of selling quite yet. I just I think the Mets are more okay to have a year where they don't have you know, they don't make the playoffs because they have a better farm system and some better sure. younger guys. But the Padres are in a spot where they need to make or break their season right now because they got Soto come up and on a deal next year. I know Tatis and Machado are locked up, but some of these other guys on their team, like I just said, Soto, haters, guys like that, that you, know, you need to make a decision on soon. So either you trade them and you retool and get ready for next year, 
or you buy in, go trade for a guy or two and get better at the deadline. Uh, but I think the Padres are more likely to sell than the Mets are. And I think that's exactly how we'll see it go. All right. Let's take it to halftime. All right. This is halftime. We're back. Uh, so let's start it off with a little bit of college football news. This one's for Alex. Michigan head coach. I didn't know Jim about Arma. this. Yeah. He suspended four games due to recruiting violations. Uh, it's still under investigation, but uh, we know it's going to be four games. We don't know if he could choose which ones, beginning and full game type situation. But usually when this stuff happens, they'll just get the four out of the way and try to run it back. But the thing with Michigan is many believe this is the end of the window. With Harbaugh and the, I can't remember that, uh, McCarthy, that dude. Because they think McCarthy's going to the NFL. And however, we don't really ever know what happens with college football. That's what it seems like. So that's, you know, unfortunate news for Michigan. But I guess great for Ohio State, who's going to have a new quarterback. Be easier for them. Yeah. Uh, it's a new so, era yeah. of college football. I think that's, uh, I mean, Caleb Absolutely. Williams is still there. But it's, I've seen Stroud and Bryce Young and the guys that we've seen play for the last few years. We see this happen every couple of years where we. Yeah. The QB class is a little weak for a year or two, maybe. This year it's a bit of an exception because Caleb Williams is going to be there. But, uh, I mean, after, before uh, – A lot of youngsters. Not this past year, but the year before that, it was, it was a little light in college. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, uh, you know, I'm always down for, for some college football news. That season always creeps up on us really fast because it's a week before the NFL season. So mm. we'll keep that in mind. Throw throw a couple things in there each week for halftime because college football is awesome, man. Uh, oh, the last thing in halftime, a couple dudes got paid. Let's start it off with uh, Boston Celtics guard Jalen Brown breaking the Supermax record. Five years, $304 million, fully guaranteed, no trade clause, no options. Congratulations, man. That's ridiculous. <laughs> the richest man in NBA history. I, so I woke up to that news and I like every single morning, you know, I grab my phone. I'm still laying in bed. You know, I got one eye open at this point. I'm not ready yeah. to open that second eye yet. And I, you know, I'm chilling there and I'm scrolling through Twitter trying to, you know, see the notifications that I got throughout the night from Schefter or Ken, Ken Rosenthal, Woj, whatever it is, Shams, another one of those guys. Yeah. And I see Jalen Brown, 304 million. I mean, I knew he was getting Supermax. I didn't realize that's what the Supermax was right the now. super-duper so, uh, max is what so he got. It, it was insane. Uh, I heard that in that last year of the deal, he's going to be getting paid $69 million. Like, fuck. Like, holy crap. That is a lot of money for a guy who... I mean, he's good. But, I mean, I wouldn't give him that much. I understand not wanting him to walk without anything. If you don't think the uh, the trying and say the trade and sign, Jesus, the trade and sign is down, but but still, this is this is a little too much, and this is gonna just ruin everything in a couple of years from now when you can only pay two guys, and aging Jalen Brown's got to be one of your guys. Like he may be out of the league if he can't keep up. You never know. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Out of the league is a stretch. That may have been. That's an a stretch. Step. An extra That's step. That's an extra couple <laughs> steps, Doug. You just did the fucking triple jump on those extra steps, Doug. But the thing is, I still like Jalen Brown. That's yeah. after all this, I, I think he'll be okay. Yeah, he'll be fine. Jalen Brown's a smart guy. I think he he'll know how to handle his stuff and 
kind of the scrutiny will come with, you know, being the highest played player in the big, yeah. not in the big leagues, but in in the NBA. So Even uh, if it means being that top option on like the Hawks or something, in a couple. Congratulations years from now. to him, but uh, yeah, that was crazy. So yeah, the other big one though, the next domino to fall here in the quarterback market. Thank you, Adam Schefter, for that one. Justin mm-hmm. Herbert, the Oregon boy, five years. $262.5 million. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's he's the third guy this offseason. This this was the year everything was gonna fall. Uh, you know, we saw Hertz got one for making it to the Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson finally got it. He's staying in Baltimore. Now Herbert. And I know you don't like to hear this, but um, you know, good for him. He's got a solid, you know, base now. I feel like even, you know, with with a, a shaky head coach. He's going to have his spot in the AFC, I think. So congratulations to him. Joe Burrow will be next. It's a whole bunch Man. of money. A lot of it's guaranteed. <laughs> Man, it's just uh, – I mean, I know the Chargers are a different animal than the Chiefs. You know, they're they're a bit easier than, yeah. than what the Chiefs are. But, you know, with Mahomes, a couple points I actually want to make here. I'll make the second one later, but – Mahomes is under contract for nine more years. Herbert now has two more years on his rookie contract and then goes on to that five-year extension. The Raider, as a Raider fan, we are looking at, say, 25%. Uh, I mean, I know it's a bit under 25 because four out of 17, but it used to be four out of 16. Uh, so, so 25, roughly 25% of our games over the next seven years will be against Justin Herbert and Pat Mahomes, obviously bearing any injuries or anything like that. But uh, how are we so fucking unlucky? Uh, Russell Wilson's in our division as well, too. I know he looked like shit last year, but if there's any type of bounce back with Sean Payton, it's going to be ridiculous. And that's a good thing that I'm a Saints fan now because their car is on the Saints. Uh, But another thing with... The, uh, you know, Mahomes situation and Herbert and all this stuff. Mahomes is now the eighth highest paid quarterback in the in the NFL. Yeah. Eight. There's eight guys that are getting paid or seven, I guess, technically getting paid more than him. By the time his contract ends, it's like the 10th to 15th highest paid quarterback, I feel like, which is how the money's going to go over these next 10 years, which is just ridiculous to think about. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Props to the Chiefs for being as smart as they are. Uh man, I, I just I can't believe that we have to face these two dudes for the next fifteen years, most likely. Yeah, that was uh that was Tom Brady for us. Yeah, but uh, you didn't have two Tom Brady's vision. <laughs> we did not. Yeah. We did not. I mean, I know. They might not be as good as Tom and when it's all said and done, but they're probably just as talented physically. Obviously, sure. Mahomes is yeah. Herbert will yet to be seen as his, you know, potential and whatnot. But uh he's tapped into it quite a bit. Two unreal quarterbacks. I mean, we've dealt with it with uh Phillip Rivers and he didn't really obviously win shit in his time in, in the NFL. We dealt with it with Peyton for a few years when he was with the Broncos. They got their ring though. I just can't believe this is my life. And this is the misery I have to suffer. Sorry for your loss. Yeah. In week two. Hey, we play the Bills week two. We play 
We played the Bills in Buffalo with Trent Green oh. on the call. I don't know if you saw CBS release some of their announcers. For the I first did. We got Romo the first three weeks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> dude. I'm listening to your guys' games or not listening. I'm watching you guys' games on mute. That's what I'm doing. Oh, okay. Let's get into our bets, though, man. Rough week. It's a good idea. Rough, rough, rough week. Uh, I had the Padres over Toronto on Thursday. That did not happen. Uh, Padres got shut down in that game. Uh, Skyler had Jose Siri under one and a half total bases versus Did not Texas. play. Oh, it's like it was the, why uh, is this it was Tuesday. Yellow? He didn't play. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it kind of interesting. Of <laughs> scratch, like, we didn't you know, get in the middle, but uh, so that's a yellow for Skyler, I guess. So, uh, this week I have Houston over Texas on Wednesday. That series is currently going on right now, but that is Framber Valdez start tomorrow. I'm picking him to get the win for the Strohs at home. I like it. I got a similar strategy here of going with the San Francisco Giants to win at home Friday night against Boston. Very similar teams, but it's Logan Webb on the bump for the Giants against Cutter Crawford, who is uh, cutting. He is cutting. He's a beast in his own world, but probably not on Friday night. So I'm taking the Giants. Kyle's showing oh, my, me the motion my of cutters. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Get the cutter going. Uh, last week, both predictions. I had the Padres sweeping the Tigers. They took two out of three. Lost on Sunday, man. Yeah, that's tough. Ugh, so close. Uh, so that's a red for me. Skyler had Atlanta sweeps Arizona. Fun series. Series. Yeah. Crazy series. That first game, 16 to 13, I think, win for Arizona. Uh, that was the game Austin Bradley had seven RBIs and two homers. Just a great, great series there. Great series. And I know, uh, you know, Arizona's lost five in a row. And we kind of, I want to say, make it, made a big deal of their, you know, slump that they had in correlation to how it can change, you know, the, the Padres and the Mets seasons. But that five game losing streak, so what, man? So what? Get the job done now. Go win some games. Uh, this week, I had Otani does get traded as my bold prediction. I know the Angels, I believe, are minus 300 to be the team that Shohei is on uh, after the All-Star break. So yeah. if I went Otani doesn't get traded, that wouldn't be any bold. So I went exactly. with he does go tra- does get traded. I think it's probably going to be, you know, not a last-second trade, but the last-day trade uh, where we see the Angels fielding all these offers from certain teams. We saw the Diamondbacks and the Orioles be a couple teams that they could be talking to. Can't tell you where he goes. I don't, I'm not ready to reveal that information quite yet, but uh, Otani does get traded. Okay. Well, I went in a completely different direction here. I also have Otani involved, but not getting traded. And, just like Kyle talked about, that those those odds aren't enough. So I'm going to add some some other pieces here and explain it. Soto, uh, you know, that would be crazy. So we just throw it in there. Uh, Soto doesn't get traded. Jason Dominguez, the Yankees prospect. I feel like the Yankees' top prospect always gets thrown in there. Their name thrown around every single trade deadline, but I'm not buying it this year. And we'll throw in Marcus Stroman, too, to not get traded. I feel like the market on him could be confusing. Is he a rental or not? Because he has a qualifying offer next season. uh, And teams may not want to give up as much. And that's when I was talking about in our mock trades, when you said, I don't know if that's enough for Stroman. That's exactly what I was talking about. I think that might happen. And they just decide not to trade anyone. 
So yeah, that's my bold prediction. He's <laughs> going to Baltimore, Sorry, Skyler. Sorry, Baltimore. <laughs> Sorry I uh, already, I already know. Talk. It's happening on Friday morning at ten fifteen Pacific Standard Time. That'd be crazy. Yeah, uh, but that's going to do it for episode 150. Something to note non-sports-wise, perhaps, is the notification I got this morning on my phone that says, Remind Skylar. Something that I made in December of last year, December 10th. Let's see. Was that a Tuesday? If it was a Tuesday, maybe that has something to do with it. It was a Saturday. So (laughs) uh, pretty far away from Tuesday. I guess we'll never know what that was Maybe it about. was one of my holidays. I forgot to put it in my calendar. Could be a holiday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I know it. Maybe. Okay. Is it my half birthday? <laughs> That's very possible. It's your half it birthday. It could be my half birthday. It's... Except for I, think, I think my half birthday would be like July 6th, though. Wait, no, I, I'm an idiot. Your half birthday would be six months away from your birthday, and my birthday's on the 25th. Half Christmas? It's half yeah, Christmas. Yeah, it's half Christmas. That could be it. That yeah. Dude, how about that? Good call. How about that? Good call. How about that? Ha- put on my Merry half, right now. half Christmas to you right now. Thank you very much. Yeah. That's, uh, wow, what a great <laughs> surprise for episode The half Christmas episode, huh? How about that? I wonder if do we have an episode on Christmas? How about would that be something? Well, we're gonna uh, do it. Christmas is a Monday. Christmas is a Monday. Special Monday night episode. Man, have merry half Christmas to you, Skyler. Thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah. I hope you have a, a great half Christmas too. Just remember, let's go A's. Staying open. Yeah. Let's go. Hey, series. Come on now. Sell the team, man. Sell the team. No comment. Is no this going to be uh, just as big as the one we did? Do you have you heard? Probably not. Probably not. I, okay. I'm ex- I, what I've heard on Twitter, it's like should be a couple sections, is what I've heard. But uh, oh, that's cool. Chance, chance could be loud. I think they're still passing out those cards and stuff that they did okay. the first time at the reverse boycott. So uh, we'll see. You know, respect. Barry, a news outlet right here. <laughs> of course, of course. All right, I'm. I got nothing else to ramble about. You got anything? Any last uh, words here? One more time. Merry half Christmas. Merry half Christmas. See you guys next week for one fifty-one. Go Jets! Wow. NAs. Wow. Wow. <laughs>